We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What's going on, everybody? We are right at the beginning of the WNBA season. And as always, I am sitting courtside with my guy, Gabe Ibrahim. I am Christy Munter-Scott, and this is Courtside with Christy and Gabe on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. Gabe, and we're about five games in right now, but it has been, I know it's not July yet, but there have been some fireworks early and a lot of great surprises in the WNBA so far. Yeah, Chris, it, it, I didn't. I just realized this is our first episode since the season started because since, let's see, Friday, so the season started on Friday, it's mm-hmm. felt like a really long time because we have WNBA basketball every night. So we're, I've just been like hopped up, having a great time. <laughs> I just realized like, wow, we haven't, this is our first podcast of the Ooh. season. I love it. I love it. And so much to talk about. I mean, my head is left to right. My head is on a swivel with all the great information, all the great games that have taken place, the back and forth of it all. And, you know, you have your preseason prognosticators and things that look like on paper, this is what could happen. But all of that has been turned upside down early on. And you have to love that New York right now is sitting at the top of the standings at three and oh, they've already won more games than all of last year. (laughs) So, I mean, this is a young team that is going to be making a lot more noise as the season extends. So it has to be a record. I think this literally, like, this is almost like, it has to be a record because this has to be the fastest that team has eclipsed their win total from the previous season because they only won two games, which is, the worst in WMA history. It's not the worst winning percentage to, in, in, in full clarity is not the worst winning percentage in WMA history it is the worst win total because there's only 22 games last year. So right. necessarily 
them winning their first three games of the year has to be a record. The fastest that a team has ever uh, eclipsed their win total from the previous year. And it's not just the fact that they won a couple games because they right. played the Indiana Fever and you know, we don't have to be rude, but the Indiana Fever are um, not the best team in the WNBA. Uh, but they also played the Minnesota Lynx, and the Minnesota Lynx are missing a few players. But to me, at least with the um, uh, the Liberty, and I talked about this in my WNBA Minute today, which you can get mm-hmm. on Her Hoop Stats Twitter, at Her Hoop Stats, and Instagram, hey, hey. at Her Hoop Stats. Um, it's that they look really polished and together mm-hmm. and ready to play around Sabrina. And when you have a star player like that, who's six games into her career, she gets yeah. a triple double 10th triple double in the WNBA. Not that this is surprising because we knew she was eventually going to get one, but she got really fast and the team just looks really well built around her. And to me, it's just a little surprising because they still don't have Natasha Howard. You right. know, there's, there's still pieces coming in and out. Um, and it just kind of, it, it feels like this team is kind of more ready to go than I think we expected and that even the franchise expected, right? No doubt. I mean, Banaja Laney, I mean, hello, she is on a tear. And I mean, I don't know, there was like this, this photo that they captured this facial expression that she had. And I was like, oh, and then one of the things on the um, New York Liberty's Twitter when she scored or, or made some incredible move against uh, Minnesota, I believe she said, uh, or the tweet said, you want to bumble with the B or something. Talking yeah. about Laney. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, that, that was so perfect because she's on a mission. And when you're playing alongside someone who missed all but two and a half games last year and the number one overall pick in the draft and Sabrina and ask you, I mean, listen, she is incredible. And I saw her when she was a freshman at, at Oregon, covered her in the NCAA tournament, and my mouth was a gate watching mm-hmm. her. And it wasn't just shots going in, which she was hitting half-court shots at ease um, after the practice. And I'm like, um, that's not typical. But she was, she was just different. And something about her at that moment reminded me of Diana Taurasi in terms of her mentality. And her leadership qualities. I mean, she was leading. I'm like, is this a freshman or a senior? And, you know, I was so impressed with how she approached the game, how she maneuvered during practice, how she treated practice like a game. But then now, you know, having her full force on the court and being the the youngest player ever, ever in the history of the WNBA to mark a triple-double. I mean, we may be looking at a a, a new Russell Westbrook-esque player in her as her her career continues to evolve so i mean she's just a a phenom and that's and i think that's that's putting it mildly and that's that's the only word i could come up with but there's got to be a a stronger word that i can come up with another sentence it's hard to find stuff that there's not enough accolades right and the other thing that i love about sabrina is like you know we always try to i've heard her compared to every great basketball player there's ever been, right? Like you just mentioned Diane Taurasi and Russell Westbrook. I've heard Sue Bird. You hear Kobe, obviously, because of their relationship. You hear so so many great players mentioned with her. And I think it's just because we're struggling to kind of grasp how good she is this early in her career. Like this is not something that's normal um, Mm -hmm. for someone to come in with so much hype and just be like, we've only seen her in six games 
And like, I'm sure, I'm sure, and I want to mark this down. I am sure she is going to win the MVP at some point. Oh, for sure. Uh, she'll win the MVP in the next five years. For sure. Legit. There's not a doubt in my mind. She could win the MVP this year. She's averaging 21 points. She's shooting 52% from three. She's averaging seven rebounds, nine assists. Like she could win the MVP this season. And this is really her rookie year. Um, And, you know, we're going to get carried away with Sabrina. Uh, Let's just get that out of the way. We're going to get carried away with Sabrina. I love her. So (laughs) we're going to talk about her all the time. And we were robbed of her last year because it was right before she was going to play Washington, she got hurt. And I was so disappointed because I was so excited to watch her get out there and hoop. But, you know, that's the next game for the Mystics on Friday. So I'm excited to get to see her live. And oh my gosh, you know, it's just uh, one of those kind of generational players. And I know that that word is getting thrown around very casually these days. But I mean, she's one of those generational elite level players who will not be denied. And she said, yeah, my triple double effort, that was, that was fun, but I'm more excited about the win and the way the team is coming together quickly and how young this team is. I mean, they're one of the youngest teams on the court last year, along with the Dallas wings. So, I mean, this is a young group that will continue to mature and that's scary. And like we said, they're sitting at the top of the standings right now, undefeated at three and oh. And I want to bring it back to the Benajah Laney because, yes, yeah. like every every superstar says that after a big performance, like, sure. oh, you know, like I, I'm more excited about the win and I'm, you know, it's really all about my teammates. In this game, though, like there was against the, the Lynx and throughout the season so far, like her teammates have been really stepping up. Um, yeah. And I think the biggest part, though, is Benajah Laney. Like Laney is currently third in the league in scoring at 23 points. She only trails Dewana Bonner and Brianna Stewart. So we're talking about a player who was cut at the beginning of last year. We're okay. talking about this. Cut at the beginning of last year, wins most improved player, gets a big right. contract heading into this year. Mm-hmm. I think we've seen um, situations in where the player comes in now and it's like, well, I've made it. I can sit back a little bit. You know, like I've, I've done a lot to get to this point and, you know, I don't, I don't have to be that sort of, you lose a little bit of that hunger, right? Right, right. For Lainey, that just hasn't been true. She's added so much to her game just from last year to this year, not even talking about from the previous year to last year, just from last year to this year. She has so much more recognition. She understands everything she needs to do to be a complimentary piece to Sabrina Inescu, and we're three games into the season. And remember, Benaj is 27, right? So this is another young player that has more growth potential and is going to continue getting better as this season and her career moves forward. And she just brings so much in terms of her three-point shooting, in terms of her defense, in terms of just passable IQ that I, I don't know, like that's, she could win most improved player again, right? Like she could win most improved player. <laughs> I mean, she two could. Times. <laughs> I don't know. Like, is that something we should test? Should we test that? Like, if you get most improved, is that something that you can continue to get? Like, defensive player of the year or MVP? Like, I, I mean, you, you, have to make, to you have to make substantial steps, right? Like, she went from being cut last year to being a starter on a, a bad team in Atlanta. No offense, Atlanta. But a starter and a, and a key piece to a, a WNBA team that was trying to make the playoffs, right? So that's right. what happened last year. This year, it's like she went from 
a nice starter and someone that you can you can really rely on at times to I'm a star. Yeah. And if you're a star and if this team continues to be good, I don't see how I don't see the argument against that. I mean, it, right. it probably won't happen because of narratives and all that, but sure, sure. this this leap that she's making, um, it, it just is really it's not shocking because if you if you hear a lot about her and right, like where who coached who coached Benaja Laney? See Vivian Stringer. So like this isn't that surprising, but right. I don't know, man. Like it, it is a little. It, I'm I'm surprised at how ahead of schedule she is in terms of understanding her teammates and her role on this team. Yeah, and you know, see Vivian Stringer also coached Laney's mom at oh, yeah. Cheney State. So I mean, she was getting it from everywhere. You know, her mom was kind of raised competitively by see Vivian Stringer in that regard, and then obviously she was coached by see Viv. So. She has all those great team qualities just woven into her competitive DNA. You have to love that. So Mm -hmm. I just think the upside is incredible. Like you said, she's only 27. But the fact that she is alongside Sabrina, who has the same motor, the same fierceness, that's the part that that is really intriguing to me. And that's something that is going to uh, keep my eyes on that team as the season progresses. Because, you know, when you have players who are selfless, but they are driven on their own. No one's telling them, Hey, you have to be this way. No, they're, they're built that way mentally. And you know, that that's just the beauty of, of their game before any kind of skill set that they possess. Mm-hmm. It's, it's how they approach the play. It's how you approach defense. It's how you approach the glass. It's how you set your teammates up, um, whether it be with a screen or a great pass. So, I mean, they're just so wise with their decisions and you know you and they're all like that too this whole team up and down the roster you look up and down this roster i mean michaela on your wedding you know she was like they they picked her at six i was like that's weird like she doesn't really fit what they're doing like you know like that's not really the player but guess what they said this this woman has a high motor she's gonna bust her butt to be the best player she can she's averaging 12 points a game playing almost 30 minutes a game you have Sammy Wickham, Kylie Shook, Jazz, uh, Jasmine Jones, Rebecca Allen's coming around again. She just got here like three days ago, yeah, right? DD Richards, yeah. our girl, DD Richards, making an impact I right know. now. Look at DD. So, yeah, I, I really, you know, it makes me mad as a as a Heat fan when people are like, "Oh, that culture stuff, like that's not, you know, that's not a real thing, right?" And I'm like. Yeah, man. Like, look around. When you have a, t- that's what they're trying to build here in New York—a team of players who are just gonna bust their butt to be whatever the best version of themselves is, and try to fit in around each other. And right now, it's going well. We'll see how long. You know, things. It, it, it's mm-hmm. a young team, like we mentioned. That's three games into this season. Maybe we should take a chill pill. But <laughs> it, it's been I'm really, not- really impressive. I'm not taking a chill pill, man. I'm I'm staying on it. I'm drinking all the Kool-Aid, all of the, the red Kool-Aid, because listen, it, this team is, is going to be something special. And yes, they're they're out of the gates and, and running the, the fastest and the hardest right now. So, I mean, I, I don't think that's going to subside just because of what we've said, you know, the way that they're they're built mentally and how they approach it with that that motor and and high quality character, mm-hmm. culture, all of that. Um, team first, you know, I'm telling you, that is the key component to success. So when you talk to any team that has won championships, they will tell you that it's always about team first. And you may have to pull teeth to get that, 
notion through okay. everyone's head, but you know, that's what it takes. You know, everybody know, understanding what their role is, everybody understanding what it, what it takes to win, you know, be a star in your role, whether you're the star <laughs> or mm-hmm. whether you are a role player, you've got to be a star in your individual role and accept the fact that it's about the team before it's about you. And whenever that is accepted by everyone top to bottom, there's no pouting, there's no frustration, there's no, but what about me? No, mm-hmm. it's about the team. And whenever you can get everybody on board that way, that's when you're going to cut nets. That's when you're going to celebrate championships. And, and I said it plural because that, you know, you want to, that's your challenge. You know, you do it one time, that's your challenge to get everybody to stay on that page to be successful. Yeah. And start, and start to your stars, right? Like we, we're, we're talking about New York, but this goes for every team. Like if your star is that type of person who is unselfish, unyielding as far as their work ethic and trying to like really lead, like you need someone who right. wants to lead as your star player, then you're going to go places. You can look, you can look at all these teams and we could talk about any of these. So, I mean, Las Vegas with Asia Wilson, you have Connecticut with, I don't know, pick anyone on Connecticut, right? Um, right. Seattle with uh, Brianna Stewart. You have Arike Gumbuale in Dallas. You have Diane Taurasi in Phoenix. You have EDD here in D.C., Minnesota. You have Sylvia Fowles. So you have all these teams. And, oh, let's not forget Candace Parker and Courtney Vanderstein in Chicago, right? So you have, all these, you have all these teams that I think this year is just like you see they have talent, they have leadership, and they're going to have to develop an identity this year. And I think that's the biggest challenge across the league. Like mm-hmm. it kind of feels like everyone came into this year with just like a blank slate, you know, because right. right. everything's going to be different. Um, we'll talk about DC later, just because I don't, we're, I think we're going to be a little bit animated when we talk about the Mystics. Really? Um, but you look at say Seattle and I actually do want to talk about Seattle. Seattle's one and one. They played the Las Vegas Aces twice. Seattle basically right. has to come in and, and they're a whole new team. Like this is a brand new team without Alicia Clark and Natasha Howard. And they're going to come in and yeah, sure. Like Brandon Stewart's still there. So you have the leadership. You have a lot of talent in my opinion. I think that they have a tremendous talent, but it's the identity part that's still being developed. And you saw in the first game that they're just really high powered offensively. They were really um, connected. Uh, it, It had a connective tissue in their offense. And that's what really impressed me because I didn't really see that chemistry coming around until later in the season because they have to add in Candace Dupree and Katie Lou Samuelson kind of fell apart in the next, in the next game against Vegas, but that's what great team, great teams like Vegas do. They adjust, but Seattle to me is one of these teams that I feel like I was underestimating coming into the season. Cause like, Hey, like they still have Jewel Lloyd. They still have Brianna Stewart. They still have Sue Bird. So maybe I shouldn't have been, I put them in the, in, in what I called the wait and see category. Um, okay. I'm ready to move them out of the wait and see category. <laughs> I don't know. What, what, have you seen anything from uh, Seattle that that's been different um, than you expected? I, I haven't seen anything different per se. I mean, you have Brianna Stewart, who is just a machine. Um, 54 points and 24 rebounds in the first two games combined, and you know those are those are great numbers. So yeah, those aren't uh, bad. I would say those aren't not, bad. Not bad, but. You know, the fact that, you know, they they played Vegas and beat them by 14 points in their first game. And then a couple of days later, turn around and lose to them by 16. So mm-hmm. to me, 
you know, it's all about what have you done for me lately? Great win, great win in that first game, but then a 30 point turnaround against the aces who I had in my preseason poll uh, for mm-hmm. AP had Vegas pick first. So when Seattle beat them, I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> like really right. Now? But I think it was, you know, the aces, you know, plum looked great in that game. I mean, Jackie young was fantastic. And obviously Asia Wilson and Cambage is back. So they have all the weapons and Chelsea gray. Like we're not talking enough about her. Am I wrong? I, I don't know. Like, are we, are we missing the fact that she's with the aces? But I just think that, you know, the way they responded to that loss, Las Vegas, the way Las Vegas responded to that initial loss to Seattle mm-hmm. and came back and turned it around by 30 points. I mean, they found the weak spots with Seattle and that's their interior defense. I mean, they were attacking the painted area oh, yeah. and it wasn't just their post, right? It was like they were attacking off the bounce and they were getting two feet in the paint with the ball. And that's what the difference was in that 16 point win for the aces. So. I mean, maybe that's something that other teams picked up on by watching the difference between the first game and the second game yeah. of those two teams taking the court together. I mean, the th- here's the thing. Most teams don't have Liz Cambage and Asia Wilson to attack anyone who dares enter the post. Thank you. But I don't know why it wasn't really they didn't really take full advantage of that in game one. And no, I think it's true. They, I don't think they did enough. And I, you know, that's not a, a, a knock on Bill and beer or whatever. I'm sure as a post player himself, he understands mm-hmm. the importance of post touches, regardless of the fact they shoot it or not. You know, the defense is going to morph when the ball touches the blocks. I don't care. And I'll say that uh, from the Hilltops and it, it really, you know, the game has changed and I get it. But when you have two players inside who are magnificent finishers, in the post, like it doesn't make sense for them not to touch the ball. It does yeah. not make sense when you're if you shoot 60% on your touches or close enough to 60%, you need the ball in your hands. And if you can make great, if you need to, if you can make great reads out of double team collapses, you need the ball in your hands because that's going to get you great opportunities to score. And that's what we saw in game two with Seattle and, and Las Vegas. We saw them make great reads, regardless of the fact that they shot it. In the post, they were making great reads off of the touches that went inside first. So it's in, out, right? And it could come mm-hmm. back in. But you've got to get the ball into the paint. I don't care. And I know that, that the game has changed. It's positionless and everybody's running a motion offense. I get it. But when you have those two in there, you got to give them the ball, period. Well, to, to your point, Liz Cambage was 8 of 10 to go 80% from the field and end up with 18 points in 22 minutes because she's on a minutes restriction at the moment. Um, so that I think your, your plan worked out, but I, I will say this, the team. So game one, right. I, I like, I like these, I, I like small ways to understand basketball. Cause I think it makes it easy. Game okay. one, the uh, Vegas shot three of 12 from three. Right. Not a lot right. of attempts, very little makes that's about 25% from the field. Uh, from yeah. three game two, they shoot sticks of 15 and that doesn't sound like a big difference, right? That's only three shots that go in and three more shots that you take, but those three shots give you so much more space to get the ball inside. And I think that's one of the big differences. You don't have to, you don't have to take a lot of threes. Well, there it is. hold on. You should take a lot of threes because three <laughs> is worth more than two. That's not that we don't have to have that stylistic debate. Now, if you don't want to take a lot of threes, you have to make the ones you, you, you take. 
I think yeah. that's Bill's whole thing. Is it, we're not going to take a lot of threes because we have the two best post, potentially the two best post pairs in the league, right? Nasha Wilson, yeah. Liz Cambage. So we're not going to take a lot of threes, but the ones that we are going to take are going to be good ones, and they are going to go in more often than forty percent. If we hit forty percent on fifteen threes every game, we're going to win the championship. I think that's right. the gamble that he's making, and I think it's a good one. Um, so I I think that is key. Um, to their offense when they're shooting 40% from three, regardless of how many threes they're taking, it opens up so much more down low. No doubt. Jackie Young took 10 free throws. Yeah. I mean, Hard. but she was, that's what I'm saying. She was getting into the paint. That's what I'm saying. It's not just like, yes, those two are the Queens of the blocks. I get it. When you're talking about uh, Asia Wilson and Elizabeth Cambage. Okay. But when Jackie Young can get to the line 10 times, it's not because she's settling for outside jumpers. Right. Mm-hmm. She's attacking the elbows. She's getting to the rim. She's pushing tempo and getting tagged in transition and getting to the line. Like, let's not forget that Angel McCautry, unfortunately, is out with a knee injury or ACL and everything, which is every time I say it, it, it really makes no, me no. cringe because I, I, I it just still makes me heartsick to know that she's going to miss this season because she worked so hard to get herself back. But they don't have her. Right. And everyone was kind of like, well, they don't have her. Who's going to run that three behind Hamby now? Who's going to be forced to, to start probably in that in that spot? But this is a team that that can make up for the 14 points or close to 15 points that Angel averaged last year. I mean, this is a squad that has balanced scoring. I believe they had six players in double figures against Seattle. So they're they viable. Yeah. So, I mean, they have viable offensive weapons everywhere. And it's a collective effort to make up for the lost production of Angel McCutcher. I mean, that's just huh. the bottom line. But if you can get to the line 10 times, I don't care if you're a guard or a post, you're in attack mode when you're on the line that much, regardless of your position. Yeah. I would like to see Derek and Hamby play a little bit more. I haven't heard anything. I mean, actually, no, I think she is on minutes restriction. Um, mm-hmm. But I think going forward, it. Here's the thing. So Raquana Williams has actually taken over that three spot in the starting lineup, which is really, really interesting. Um, just from like, that's not the stylistic choice that I thought Bill Ambeer was going to make. But I love, I love, I love Raquana. Obviously, she runs Miami. Um, but <laughs> yeah. now with Kelsey Plum going, mm. Kelsey Plum's going off for the three on three tournament. Um, I don't have the full list in front of me. Yeah, I, I want to say. That, Alicia Gray, Katie Lou Samuelson, Stephanie Dolson are all are also in that boat. Yeah. Um, but I'm not entirely sure. But we will get that out on, on our various social media platforms. Um, so it, it's going to be an issue, a big issue now for Las Vegas to tread water until Kelsey Plum gets back. And it's going to be – it's going to have to be Jackie Young. I mean, Jackie Young is starting already, but she's going to have to do even more. She had to continue getting to the line, and then Raquan Williams got to keep shooting shots. And then, I don't know, maybe it's Destiny Slocum who comes in and, and plays a lot because they don't have a lot of depth on this team right now. Right. I mean, Jackie Young, I mean, she led all the scorers in that second game against Seattle. She had 21 points, but she also had 10 rebounds. You know, we're talking about how many mm-hmm. times she got to the line, but she was doing that, that grit, glass work. Like, mm-hmm. she's in the mud, you know, getting possessions and saving possessions for her team and getting stops on the glass, from the guard position. So, I mean, she's a hustler. The period, point blank, the end. And she's going to need to just stay consistent with that kind of effort and and that kind of uh, production, night in and night out. So it can't just be a, a one-time show. 
right? That's a great yeah. game. Okay, now come back and do it again. That's the challenge. I mean, if you're a competitor, the challenge isn't who you're playing. The challenge is how you're playing. So are you playing in a consistent manner? Then, then you're on point. But if not, then, you know, we have to have a little, we have to have a little chit chat, right? And about yeah. the consistent, because it's all about your effort and your focus. At yep. the end of the day, at the end of the day, that's what it takes to be consistent. And, you know, that's what Vegas needs, especially in the absence of Angel McCautry. They need for her to be that consistent scorer, that consistent rebounder and, you know, get herself to the line plus plus six times to the line. You know, if you can get there 10, that's a bonus. But at least six times the line for her would be perfect. I don't think that I think that's doable for her. I think it is. <laughs> and um, we'll see. Vegas is going to be really interesting. Um, it is a bummer though that the three-on-three tournament happens like right as the season begins because there's there's players that are coming in now and then there's players that are leaving. It's like, well, now we're kind of now we're kind of mm-hmm. getting like the worst of both worlds. Um, and it's kind of going to be up and down until the Olympics. But let's focus on the good stuff. Um, right. So are we right. like? I'm kind of just ready to like say Brianna Stewart's going to win the MVP because I'm pretty. It it kind of seems like we're just going to head down this path. She's averaging 27 points. Uh, a game, as I mentioned, the 12 rebounds, she's averaging an assist, but uh, she's taking 20 shots a game. So if she's going to get this much volume um, and chances to produce, considering what we've seen from her for, right. I don't like eight years now, like she's going to, she's going to win MVP just because she does so, so much for this team. And now this year, especially um, she'll, she'll be pushing it up. So I know I announced Sabrina's, um, MVP candidacy, but I just really, I really don't see a way that uh, Brianna Stewart doesn't win MVP if she doesn't, if she stays healthy and has this level of production. Well, I think you know, right now that that's that's a, a great analysis because you know Deladon hasn't been activated yet, uh, Nafisa Collier hasn't been activated yeah. yet. I mean, there are some players in the mix for that conversation that that we haven't seen on the court this season. So, I mean, right now, today, yes, Brianna Stewart, she was player of the week for the AP poll. I voted for her on that too. Like I, I gave that to, because, you know, again, you know, you want to see consistent, efficient play. And that's what she has displayed early on in the season. But let's talk about this, you know, after the Olympic break, you know, maybe a week or two after the Olympic break, when teams are sizing up for playoff uh, yeah. reckoning, you know, and let's see what it looks like then and then see what names emerge as the season progresses. But at this moment, absolutely. Right now it is Brianna Stewart, but you know, you have to say uh, the same. I mean, Asia Wilson was MVP last year in the league and she's no slouch either. So you got to put her name in that mix early on yeah. as well, because they did just beat Seattle. Right. So, you know, I kind of, no, yeah. as, as a team thing too, Yes, her numbers are amazing, but, you know, like I said, when we first started talking about these two teams, what have you done for me lately? Okay, Seattle got that first win, but then the big 30-point turnaround and Vegas beats them by 16 in the next game. So if you're the MVP, then you got to bring it every single night. Not that she had a bad game, but, you know, you got to make players around you better. And that's what MVPs do. And your Mm -hmm. team needs to be successful. And right now, you know, Vegas is kind of holding that over Seattle right now. Yeah. I just think she, she has like the right team makeup. Cause I, I'm not sure 
I mean, Asia's going to have to give up touches to Liz and, and Kelsey and mm. the whole bit. And you look at, you know, a player like John Quell or Dewana Bonner around Connecticut, like those two play together. So it's going to be tough for them to get to that production threshold, EDD. Um, she's going to be on men's restriction and, um, and Washington's not looking like a world beater at the moment. Um, and then, you know, maybe Sabrina, but I don't know if she has the sort of juice for that. And I'm not saying Jewel Lloyd's a slouch or anything. I'm just saying like from a production value perspective, like sure. yeah. it's hard for me to envision someone bringing more value to a team this year than Brianna Stewart, because they need her to do so much more, even from their championship seasons, they're going to need her to do a lot more. So that's just like where I'm at um, yeah. mentally. Um, and also we should shout out Enrique Gumbwale. They only played one game and I kind of, so what they played on, uh, did they play on Friday? They must've played on Friday. So every team this year is going to get like an eight day break. Um, it's weird, right? It, it, and apparently Dallas got theirs after the first game, which I'm sure they, uh, would rather have not had. Cause yeah. now it's like, Oh, we're going from, we had a, we had eight days off to now you have to play three or four games every week. Um, yeah. but yeah. You know, I don't make the schedules. So they, we haven't seen Enrique in a while, but she looked right. amazing. Uh, it was yeah. as the Alicia Gray in that, in that, in that first game for Dallas as they smoked um, Los Angeles. And I, I just really want to, I want to see her keep going. Cause if, I mean, I was talking about those steps with the Laney earlier. Yeah. Well, Enrique skipped a few of those steps in a rookie <laughs> year. And now it's like, there ain't that many more steps to go until you're at the top. Um, so we may be seeing, um, sort of like the, the stamp of, I am a generational player here from a Yeah, no doubt. In Dallas, you know, we, we discussed a little earlier about how young that team is, you know, Satu Sabli, all those kids are they're They're just chomping at the bit. Only missed the playoffs by one game last year. I mean, they are, you know, they have the puzzle pieces all in place and they just need to, you know, get games under their belt. You know, they just need to continue to, to work that chemistry piece and and get back on the floor together after being overseas and playing and all of that. So, you know, health is going to be at the top of the list for that squad, you know, so they can maintain that. Um, I remember Harrison got hurt last year, right when they were kind of rolling mm-hmm. and they just hit kind of a speed bump with injuries. So, um, you know, and you think about that and they only missed playoffs by one game last year with, with Dallas. So, I mean, if they can stay healthy, have everybody in place and, and doing what they need to do, I think that's that's going to be a fun team to watch, no question. But, you know, you mentioned John Quell Jones, and I know I'm, I'm turning a hard left in the car right now. No, <laughs> we can <laughs> always go down John Quell Jones' track. That was actually my first MVP candidate this year, but I've, I've moved I've moved on. I don't know. I mean, I think she needs to be in the discussion because, my God. Oh, she will. Be. She is phenomenal. Like, And, and I'm talking about in her – conditioning in her wherewithal on the court um, her knowledge of of the game her acumen like it just it screams I'm on a thousand like she's ready mm-hmm. to go and I mean at six six the ability to knock in threes put the ball in the deck finish um, go right and left with that baby hook inside like and glass you know she works the glass like a master I you know hey I, I'm a fan I of her work ethic. And, you know, having opted out last season, not playing, you can tell she's hungry to compete. And that's what it looks like when you watch her play. It looks like she's been held back, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. someone's been holding her, you know, 
holding those reins, like, no, you can't play, you can't play. And then they let those reins go and she's on a full sprint. And that's how hard she's playing. And you love to see that in players for any reason. But I think if, if last year didn't teach you anything, it taught you to maximize the moments while you can. And she has her health. She has her, her heart and spirit in the right place. And it is really, really showing for Connecticut. Yeah. And I, I think uh, John Quell is definitely going to be in the session. If she's not in the session, we're going to have a big problem. Um, yeah. But I, I, it, with her and DB – not there's not many front courts in the league that are gonna be able to get close to them. Like even like not forget about stopping them. You're not gonna stop them, but just to get close to them enough to make the make this a a challenge um, in terms of scoring is going to be really difficult. Um, especially with DB if her shots falling. I mean we saw last year in the semifinal sometimes her shot just doesn't fall, and then we have to kind of recalibrate what we're thinking. And then she kind of I think DB is one of those players that. Um, can get a little bit enamored with the deep ball. Um, mm-hmm. And so far this year, I mean, she's shooting 58% on six attempts in two games, which that's that to me is a little high though. You know, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm obviously not like an old school type of person, um, but I would like to see her get into the lane a little bit more and let the three point shooters be the three point shooters. However, we haven't seen them with Jasmine Thomas, which again, changes the entire equation yeah. for Connecticut. Um, but I see them as a championship contender. Do you have a do you, do you have like a little a little running list here of championship contenders? I have a few teams on my list. Do you have Absolutely. a few that? You, okay, who you got? I uh, well, you know, well, we're talking about Connecticut really quickly just to put a bow on that oh, yeah. conversation. They don't have Alyssa Thomas this year because of her ruptured yeah. Achilles when she was overseas. Another you know situation. Uh, Jasmine Thomas, like you said, hadn't played a game yet, but she is on her way back to the court. So I, you know, still remains to be seen what they could materialize into. But for me, I have uh, Vegas at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Chicago at the top. Mm-hmm. I have Seattle at the top. And, you know, depending upon what Deladon and Maisha Hines Allen and, you know, Tina Charles, and I'm telling you what, Erica McCall, don't sleep on her. I, I love her. I'll say that about a lot of players. But that kid goes hard. And I, you have to tip your hat and shake a hand to the players who play hard. And, man, if they get all those ducks in a row, listen, Gabe, I'm rubbing my hands together. I'm putting the mystics in that mix. And mm. bump that. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And it's not because we live in the DMV. I'm just thinking futuristically, second half of the season, with all those players in tow, hmm, Less it's a little it's it's a little bit because we live in the DMV. I, I believe mean, in this team too. I believe in this maybe, team too. But maybe a little uh, mambo sauce mixed into that, yeah. you know, equation. But no, I'm telling you what, second half of the season with everybody healthy, everybody on the court together. Yeah. Ariel Atkins knocking in shots. I mean, Cloud. Man, I don't know. Hey, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say no, they're not in the mix. They they're definitely the fifth team for me that that's in the mix that could be a contender this year. So I do want to, talk, I want to talk about Washington because I have a lot of thoughts on what you just said, but I do think before we veer off into the, into the mystics land, um, 
I, I want to talk about Chicago just briefly because I was at the game where they played the Mystics and they killed yeah. the Mystics. Yeah. And this is another team where I was like, you know, it's probably going to take them a little bit to get used to each other, right? And it's like, nope. Yeah. They they plugged in Candace Parker and they are going. And this team in transition, yeah. I just don't. I don't know what you're going to do because uh, you have Diamond to Shields and Kalia Copper who are outrunning you. They are always going to be faster than you. Those two players are always faster than you. Then. You know, okay, maybe you want to say Candace Park is a little old. Guess what? She doesn't have to run. She doesn't have to throw the ball. And she yeah. throws, she's been throwing such perfect passes in transition. It's like she's played with this team forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we've all been waiting on the sky. I think the sky had been the sexy kind of like dark, quote unquote, dark horse pick for a championship the last couple of years. Well, they ain't a dark horse anymore, but uh, they're looking, they're looking real good. I'd say, I think, you know, any championship conversation has to include them because of what Candace Parker can bring to them in transition and on the defensive end. Cause she was huge, 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 huge against Tina Charles in that Washington game. And this is another team we've only seen play once. They're going to play against tonight, which is great because I want to see Candace Parker back in these jerseys. Um, So I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you on Chicago. I'm with you on Connecticut. I'm with you on Las Vegas. I'm with you on Seattle. So those are your, those are your four. Um, I'd probably, I don't know, man. I kind of want to throw, Pull that I want to throw out. Pull that thumb out for Phoenix. my fifth team. You well, we'll talk about the Mystics. I kind of want to throw Phoenix in there. But I don't, I don't want to get into Phoenix because Phoenix is like, hey, I, I need to see more. I've been burned by them. I've been burned by them for too many years that I need to just see more. I need to see where they're at after the after the Olympic break. I want to see if everyone's like chilling and like healthy yeah. before. But I think they're a great team and they have a lot of fun people to watch. I really love watching. I love watching Brianna Turner. Okay, let's talk about the Mystics. All right. Um, This team, at the moment, I would say even, like, last year they did lose 10 straight games. But this team right now, this is the most frustrated that I've seen Mike Tebow be. There was a moment in last night's game where – it was like the first really good possession that the Mystics had defensively mm-hmm. in, in like a quarter. And, you know, they were rotating and, and Cloud mm-hmm. is out there. And, Cla- I mean, Natasha Cloud's killing herself. And that's the Different thing. Characters. This team, they do not lack effort. They do. I don't want to – I'm going to make that very clear. This team does not lack effort at all. They lack execution because they had a perfect defensive set. Everyone's killing themselves. And at the end, Teresa Plaisant's fouls. I think it was Brittany Griner. Yeah. I've never seen I've never seen Mike Tebow that mad at a player. Like I've seen him that mad at a referee, obviously. But he was so mad at Teresa Plaisant. He took her out of the game. She didn't play for the rest of the quarter. Um, I think she didn't play for the rest of the half. And she, and he was furious. I was like, man, I feel that because you look at his team, it's just like no shots are falling. They're shooting 27% from the field, they're shooting 15% from three. They're getting open looks. They can't hit from the basket. They can't hit from three. They can't hit from the mid-range. Defensively, it's like they're giving all the effort, but they don't – one person is just like slightly out of pace, and it ruins they're, – they're in the worst possible place they could possibly be. And yeah. it's just like I – I mean, I'm not like a Mystics fan at this point because I've relinquished all fandom. Uh, like just, But I'm just like as a person who has to watch this team all the time, I am so frustrated. I feel the team is so the players are so frustrated, and Mike Tebow is just like pulling his non-existent hair out because he's so, 
I'm sorry, Mike. He's so sorry, Mike. <laughs> but I, I just don't know. I don't know what to do right now. It's just like, we're, you know, hey, we're going to wait for Maisha Hines Allen to get back. And I don't know. Maybe she fix it. She's going to fix a lot of the problems. But yeah. I just don't know what to do about missing bunny shots and missing wide open threes because I haven't seen this team do that when they're when they're all together. Exactly. It, it was frustrating against Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix did a tremendous job on the offensive boards and outscored Washington 20 to eight second chance points. And I thought that was something that I continued to see happen. Uh, and that was frustrating. That's frustrating. I mean, as a coach, like mm-hmm. regardless of whether you're knocking shots in or not, when you're giving teams extra opportunities to score and you're already down, that's a killer. And that, that can't happen. And it was just, you know, possession after possession. And then, you know, a plus 12 point advantage for Phoenix in that, in that, in that category. I just think that was, that was a big factor, but also when, you know, you have Natasha cloud and Tina Charles doing their, their best in terms of getting the ball to go in the basket, there just needs to be at least two other players in double figures. They need at least four players, maybe five to score in double figures until they get Maisha Hines Allen and Elena Deladon back on the floor. Because you know Deladon is going to give you 20 and 10 minimum, right? You know Maisha, after the season she had last year, she's going to give you at least 15, 16, and 7, 8, 10 rebounds. Um, she's going to get that work. She's going to knock in those threes. She was knocking them in last year at a, a career-high clip. But Ariel Atkins, and I said this before the season even started, mm-hmm. she is the, she's the glue of this team, Gabe. And in the first two games, she's a combined 6 of 24 from the floor. And that's something that, you know, she's getting clean looks. Leilani Mitchell, another player who needs to get going offensively. And whether that's setting the offense up and setting teammates up for great opportunities or scoring the ball herself, she's a, she's a viable scorer for the Mystics. And she just did not get going in that Phoenix game. And, you know, Atkins had her looks. Those were her looks. Like, those weren't forced opportunities to score. She wasn't like, well, I'm not hitting. I'm going to force up a shot. No. She was taking shots in rhythm of the offense. You could tell the offensive sets that Washington was running. And they weren't mm-hmm. just coming down and, and taking the first shot available. They were getting great pin down opportunities, coming off of screens, getting passes down into Tina Charles, who had some really great tough shot oh, attempts yeah. over Brittany Griner. Like that step back over her head, the one on the baseline, I think it was in the yeah. first half. I was like, nice. okay, Griner is on her. What's she going to do? And she got that shot up and over. It just didn't go in. And I think they were they were good shots, actually great shots, that just didn't fall for Washington. And whether they were contested, like the one we were just talking about with Charles, or if they moved that ball, made the extra pass, and it was like, boom, boom, swing, swing, and it was a miss. You know, swing, swing, great extra pass, one more is right there, boom, and it was a miss. And I just think, you know, like you said, when you're shooting 27% from the floor, and that's, that's not Mystic's percentages, you know, when you're mm-hmm. talking about scoring the ball. And I think, you know, Teresa Plaisance, you know, it was her birthday playing against Phoenix, and she was one for nine from the floor. One for nine. And her shots were good shots and shots she's able to make. It wasn't like she was forcing up shots outside of her skill set. She was one for nine. And that, that, that really kills you, especially when, you know, you get beaten on the glass 50 to what, 34? Was it 50 to 34 on the glass? Uh, yeah, it was 50 to 34. Yeah. 
And I know you're going percentages and available misses and all of the other analytics that go into the the rebounding advantage. Man. But I mean, that was that was the game. When you get out rebounded by 16, I'm not sure how much we need to look at the uh, the advanced stats here. No, <laughs> you know? I know, but there is there is a percentage of shots you know that that come off, but still the available rebounds went to Phoenix. The available rebounds went to Phoenix, and I don't know what percentage, but I'm gonna tell you what that was the difference in the game. Like Washington got one shot and that's okay. it, and they were going the other way with it. Like Washington rarely got second opportunities or third opportunities, but. Phoenix was getting those second and third opportunities. And, and that was just a nail in the coffin when it came to uh, giving any life to winning in D.C. for Washington last night. I mean, they cut it to seven. It wasn't in the fourth quarter. They cut it to seven early yeah. on in the fourth. I was like, okay, they're, they're getting some traction. But every time they had that great momentum, Tasha Cloud hit that crazy reverse in transition and the crowd that was there was, was into that moment. But then after that, it was like an 8-0 run. For Phoenix, I believe, after that. And I don't know mm -hmm. if that was 8-0, but it was like a something O run after that great momentum move. And then now all of a sudden they're down 15 with five minutes or something to go or in the game. And I'm just like, oh man, it, it, yeah, had their chances. But you know, this isn't what we're going to see all year from Washington, let's be clear. No. And this is not their full arsenal. And I know a lot of other teams don't have all their pieces in place. But I'm going to tell you what, not a lot of people have Elena Deladon to come in and fill some spaces too. So exactly. let's, let's be clear that we are still waiting on the um, MVP from two seasons ago of championship Washington Mystics team to take the floor. And Maisha Hines-Allen, who gained invaluable experience last yeah. year in the absence of Tina Charles not being there, in the absence of Deladon not being there, and Ariel Powers, you know, getting injured. She had a, a bountiful opportunity in terms of developing um, in this league and made an all league team at the end of the season because of it. And people saw what she did with her opportunity. So I just think get her back from France, you know, um, still playing over there professionally as the one of the teams that, that play or one of the leagues over there that, that plays the longest. I know Spain just finished up and players mm -hmm. are falling back into place. But, uh, you know, I think uh, Nafisa Collier is coming back from Spain. So all these players are, are trickling back into the league right now. And I think, you know, let's get the full picture. Let's get everyone in the frame of the photo, okay, um, before we, you know, start counting teams in or out. Yeah. No, I, I do. I agree with that. It's too early. It's just, I mean, it was it was a slog. And it's just like this, this team couldn't get anything easy. You know, it was like ne never like, oh, hey, we're just going to run this little pick and roll and pop a shot, run the mm -hmm. little pick and roll, pop a shot, I think. And the only time that they really found momentum was late in the – I mean, they, they had momentum, like you mentioned. It just like when they, they found easy shots was like when Diana they put Diana Taurasi and Brittany Griner in pick and roll, and guess what? Natasha Cloud hit a couple threes. And it's like, oh, look, look how much easier life is when the shots fall. Like who could have predicted? Um, I do want to give – Tina Charles credit though. I mean, she's not shooting great percentage because she's being like double teamed, doubled and triple teamed because mm -hmm. no other mystic can make a shot right now. So it's, she's averaging 18 points a game, 22 against Brittany Griner and uh, the Phoenix Mercury. So she's doing all she can. Uh, kind of feels like, you know, late New York Tina right now. And that's going to change. That's definitely, definitely, definitely going to change. Like you're mentioning. Um, however, are you concerned at all about Elena Deladon's 
long-term health. Have we talked? I'm not sure. If we, I'm not sure we've talked about this. Um, I'm just like, I grow more concerned by the day and it's not because, I mean, I don't know. I, I maybe it's just cause I think about it a little bit more every day, mm-hmm. but I, I do grow concerned about her long-term ability and what she's going to look like when she gets back. Cause it's going to be what almost uh, a year and a half ish since she last played a basketball game. Yeah. I, you know, it's always a concern when, when players have, uh, back issues and, um, you know, this is her, her second back surgery, but I tell you what, if there's anybody on this planet who can, you know, give their all in spite of adversity, it's Elena Doubledon. I mean, she's had, you know, the, the Lyme disease issue when she was at Delaware, which she still has, but she has been able to maintain it by taking a copious amount of, of medication mm-hmm. To be able to maintain herself. I mean, she played with three herniated discs in her back to win a championship, and she had on a mask for her broken nose and had a knee brace on for her bone bruise, and she still managed a, a double double and still managed to to puff a cork on the champagne bottle and win her first championship. So this is a player. Yes, adversity has been thrown her way uh, in terms of her health in so many different ways. But what I have seen is a resilience that is unmatched. And yes, it is a concern that that players get hurt. But my concern for her is, is not what she's going to look like, but my concern for her is her, I guess, overall, like this entire season, this Olympic run that she wants to make, like, I don't want to see her have anything that that sets her back. Like, I don't yeah. want to see any tweaks with the back. And not that that won't happen. I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying, hey, if you get it, you want to hear about it. I'm not saying it like that before you all start. No, I no, I'm just saying, like, I don't want to see her go out there and give her all like she always does and have some, or have a hard fall or have something that, you know, sets her back because I know how much she wants to play in another Olympic games. I know she was in Rio in 2016. And obviously with last year's being postponed, I know that she wants to get back on the floor. And she said, if they will have me, I would love to play. I'm like, it's Elena Deladon. Like, (laughs) you know, she, she's definitely a a strong piece to the USA basketball puzzle, but you know, you don't want to have her get hurt or have any setbacks prior to her trying to, to make that roster. And then on the backside of that, if she does make the Olympic roster on the second side of it, is she going to be able to maintain herself through the playoff push? And, and like we said, possibly make a run for another title. Um, you know, is Emma Mieseman going to come back in the second half of the season? We don't really talk about that enough, but that could be a possibility too. And not a lot of people are talking about Mieseman. Uh, and her ability to come back and and make um, Washington even more troublesome to opponents, and in terms of guarding the wide open spaces on the offensive side that the Mystics present with her on the court. So, I mean, there's a lot to be said, but you know, I'm not I'm not cringy at at Elena Deladon, you know, and her issues with her back, but I am I will be side eyeing and watching her like a hawk, and and the mom that I am, you know, I have that. Goal. Yeah, I know. I'm watching you. Like, are you, are you grimacing? Are you feeling okay? Like, are you good? And I just want to see her go out and I, you know, all the time she's going to be 
giving everything that she has, you know, and like I say, sometimes you don't feel a hundred percent, you're going to give, you know, a hundred percent of that 60 or 70% that you feel like, right. Physically, but you're going to lay it all on the line. You may not be a hundred percent, but we saw that with her when she won the championship. I mean, how's her, she was a three herniated disc. Can you even fathom? And she was out there doing what she does and doing it well. I, I, I still marvel at that. I am sitting here shaking my head at just remembering what she looked like during that run. So, you know, no, she wasn't a hundred percent, but she gave a hundred percent. And there's a difference, you know, when you talk about it that way. No, no I know. I'm just, I'm worried about her just because like from a, from a person perspective, like I, I she's going to come back and she's going to, I just hope she doesn't like push herself. Um, I know the team's there. Luckily the team, um, kind of understands like we're not rushing you like this is not about hell this isn't even about this year forget this year like this is about you are the franchise so we gotta make sure the franchise is all right yeah uh everything else will work itself out but franchise she's the franchise you gotta keep her um healthy in the long term and i think they'll do everything they can for that um i'm I'm with you i mean she's one of the toughest players i've ever seen so um I'm excited for her to get back and, and see uh, kind of test herself out and, and see what she's doing on a minutes restriction once she gets back, yeah. whenever that is. Um, Emma, and, and also just an other mystics injury news. It is, uh, it's both sad. It's sad that uh, we have to see Alicia Clark in a boot. Um, you know, I've said it so many times that she's one of my favorite players. Um, yeah. So it's really, really tough to just see her on the sidelines in a boot, not being able to contribute. Uh, and on the court, but off the court, I think it makes you happy, um, to see her still being engaged with the team. So she's coming out of every huddle. The person talking is Alicia. She's always talking to Natasha about seeing this, seeing that at one point in the game yesterday, actually, um, the mystics had just scored Brittany Griner etches after Brittany Griner had uh, gotten her fourth foul coming down the court. Alicia knew that they were going to go down to Brittany Griner on this next play. And it's exactly what they did. She said, they're going down low. They're going down low. And the Mystics were able to load up. Of course, Brittany Griner still scored because she's freaking Brittany Griner. But um, it was really nice to see her engage. And EDD is the same way. EDD is engaged as well. Um, So it's good to see them just like uh, around, even though they're injured. Um, And that's great. Just like from a chemistry culture perspective. Right. But yeah, Mystics are are a tough watch. And that's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, it, but the thing about it, you know, it, it right now, you know, and they, yeah, right they now, just have right to now. get everything together. You know, you have to understand that, that they only have right now on the roster four players who won that championship in 2019. So, um, you know, that that's something too. You know, you have that that great um, team and that great chemistry that 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 group had, and now you're trying to recreate it. And like you said, I mean, you have Elena Deladon and, and Alicia Clark in the ears of the current team that that's on the court, who's healthy and ready to play. And I mean, there was a point in the game against Phoenix where um, Natasha Cloud came out. It was late in the game, and I was kind of sitting right on that end zone side where the Mystics bench was. And Deladon got up and and kind of squatted down right next to Cloud mm-hmm. and was like talking to her about things that occurred during the game. And I thought that was really awesome to see. And, you know, like you said, in the timeouts, they're very um, communicative with the team before the, the coaches came over. You know, they were they were very involved and, and animated, showing their hands and saying this, that and the other thing and really uh, demonstrative with what they saw. 
needed to be done. So, I mean, even though you're not on the floor, you can still be a leader. And if, if the mystics have taught us that uh, this year, then we're all better for that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Rather than be on the court though. <laughs> I'd rather just them be on the court. That'd be the best thing. Um, but yeah, second best thing would be to be seeing them uh, as leaders as they are. Um, and yeah, you're right. I mean, the Mystics will be a very different team and it's going to be very different for a little while here. Yeah. Um, just like in general, like there's going to be a lot of right now it's, it's uh, the Mystics that are down without their players and then going to next week, it'll be a different set of people. And then three weeks from that, It'll be a different set of people who are missing their Eurobasket players. And All right. So there is uh, – it's going to be a topsy-turvy year until we get past the um, Olympic break, like we've said on multiple occasions. is it, We just have to wait until then, and then uh, we'll see where the chips are falling and where it is. But the basketball's yeah. still been good. Can't complain about the basketball. No, it's been fantastic, and I have loved it. And, you know, I guess the best way to, to end this uh, edition of our podcast is that – you know, Della Don posted a picture of she and Alicia Clark and said, loading, dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. And then Alicia Clark said, uh, we need that in 5G, please. So we can, you know, so we can speed up. So, you know, they're they're yeah. frustrated about not being out there, too. But, you know, definitely great hoops being played a great basketball by the WNBA. Obviously, that stands for more than just hoops, but just uh, glad that the WNBA is back this season for the 25th year. And I'm glad that we are able to discuss the opening weekend that had the highest rating since 2012 of uh, this last weekend of games. So a lot of people have their eyes on the WNBA and we will always have our eyes on the WNBA as well. Sitting courtside right here on the Her Hoop Stats podcast network. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Christy W. Scott 51 and Gabe, where can our fans engage you on social? Uh, at Gabe underscore Ibrahim. Just go there. I'll, I'll tell you the rest when you get there. Um, and then at her hoop stats, because uh, I do my WNBA minute almost daily. It's going to be like four or five times a week. Um, little video breakdowns of what's going on and getting you ready for the slate of games. Also giving you betting advice. So come hang out with us on Twitter. It'll be fun times. Yeah. Come lose some money with us. It's a good time. <laughs> I don't do it because I have bad nerves. I'm leave that part to you. I can't mess with it. I, you know, I have these three teenagers. I got to run to Costco and Trader yeah. Joe's and everything. So I got to keep that money tight. Anyway, <laughs> but we'll we'll catch up with you guys next week right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network with Courtside with Christy and Gabe. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.